It is mock draft season, which is a fascinating time to be a Vikings fan and an NFL fan because there are 8 million mock drafts you can look up. I might go really old school in looking at the Vikings options today. This is the Viking Update Show, part of TalkNorth.com. John Krasinski from The Athletic is on from Memphis, where he's also covering the Timberwolves. Of course, you can check out the John Krasinski Show for John's basketball insights. Uh, This show is uh, Jim Suhan, that's me, and John Krasinski talking about the Vikings from a from the aspect aspect tough word aspect of two people who have been following this team for many decades. Let's get into some draft stuff. Thanks to our producer Brandon Morton. Thank you to our sponsors Starbank, Starbank.net, and Aquarius Home Services. So it's really interesting. I, I've been looking at a bunch of mock drafts, and I you know today I thought okay I'll just go off the uh, OG. I'll go with the Mel Kiper. Uh, mock draft and see what he's saying, see if that how that jibes with what we think. And Mel Kuyper is predicting Daryl Stingley Jr. to the Vikings, another cornerback, a very talented cornerback who's had some injury problems, kind of a, a you know a bit of a projection, but he's also somebody that you only get one chance to draft. Uh, the rumor going around is that hey, Kyle Hamilton could end up sliding to the Vikings, a safety, and this gets into the essence of intelligent draft analysis. Do you take the best player? Do you take the best athlete? Do you take the best player at a position of need? Uh, They still have Harrison Smith. They have other people who could probably play next to Harrison Smith and get by. Do you take another safety if you think he's the best player available? Yeah, it's a great question, Jim, because like, I I think like you, you earlier on in the draft season, you heard, hey, maybe uh, Kyle Hamilton went, you know, could go as high as two to the Lions. Um, and I still think that, you know, he may still end up going before the Vikings at 12. And, you know, there, there's always got to be, you know, kind of some sort of, you know, rising and falling to kind of keep people coming back and checking the mock drafts leading into the draft. But um, if, in fact, that it, it, it is possible that he is sliding, that he would be there. Um, you know, the Vikings do have Cam Bynum who kind of showed some promise, uh, next to Harrison Smith and some interesting, and I, they do have greater needs than safety, but a lot of people seem to believe that Hamilton is like the next great safety in the NFL. Just the combination of the, the ground he can cover of playing the run of doing all the things that he can do and the, what he did at Notre Dame, uh, that, you know, you're looking at the next Harrison Smith, the next, uh, you know, kind of really, really good uh, safety back there. And so, like, I don't know. I mean, I think that if if you get to a point there where, again, and we'll talk about this later, but assuming that you either decide you don't want to draft a quarterback there or that um, the one that you want isn't available there, uh, I'm of the mind that you take the best player available, you know, for this roster. And, you know, I still think they just need upgrades in talent in many areas. And so if Kyle Hamilton among is among your evaluations, kind of forecasted as possibly in all pro safety for years, uh, that's going to be a a hard one to pass up. Cause even though you need more cornerbacks, you need edge rushers, you need, you know, offensive linemen, um, I, I could make an argument that a guy like Kyle Hamilton would help your cornerbacks would, would, would help your secondary, you know, as, as much as perhaps any cornerback out there. So 
I would look really hard at it if he was if he did fall to that point. And if their evaluation is that this isn't just, you know, your run of the mill safety that we think this guy can be special for a long, long time. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, I always feel I always feel like I'm being redundant this time of the year because I always go back and try to remind people you don't want to fill a position. You want to get a great player early in the draft. And if you get a great player that, you know, it's like the old Jock Lemaire uh, saying, you know, you solve one problem, two problems go away. Well, if you have a great safety, that does improve everything. It improves your pass defense, improves your turnover ratio. It helps your cornerbacks out. If you get somebody who can just play cornerback, well, that's what they did with Cam Dantzler. You know, he's, mm-hmm. yeah, you spent a high draft pick on Cam Dantzler, and now you have a guy that you're trying to replace. It doesn't help you. Right, and and I do think that, um, you know, what it really comes down to is, may, hey, maybe when when they get on – the clock. And if Hamilton is there and let's say Stingley is there, um, if, if those two are very, very close in their evaluation, if they believe that, Hey, that we think Stingley can uh, eventually be a, a great shutdown corner. Well then, yeah, you take the corner because he's maybe the greater need. That's the tiebreaker for you. Yep. Um, but if there is a, a gap in terms of what you forecast the potential of, someone like Stingley versus someone like Hamilton, then I think that you end up taking the the one that you think can be a great player. And then you go into the rest of the draft and try and address needs with, with uh, you know, the second, third, fourth, fifth rounds, all of that. And so, you know, the, the, the first, the first pick is just the first bite at the apple. And I do think that that, that, that one, if you have an opportunity to get any player, um, that can be an all pro type, like that's what you want. You want to nail those first round picks with the, with that. And they can, you can figure out the rest around that defense. Um, but the more elite players that you have, even if they're, you know, similar positions, um, I just think that you, you have to upgrade it and you have to get more youth on that defense and you have to get guys that you can say in five, six, seven years, they're still going to be here playing at a really high level. And you also need somebody who can re- eventually replace Harrison yeah. Smith. It's not necessarily at the exact position in terms of impact. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Harrison Smith has been a great player for a long, long time. And I, I don't think that he is close to retirement, but let's face it. He has, he has years under his belt. And so, um, you have to look at it's it's a finite amount of time you're going to have Harrison Smith, whether it's two years, four or four years or whatever. Um, it's it, he is closer to the end of his career than he was the start. And so um, to, to bring someone in who could learn from Harrison Smith while there and not actually threaten Harrison Smith either, because he can just play alongside of him. So it's not like Harrison Smith can look at that and say, oh, you're drafting my replacement, huh? you know, Screw this. No, you need two safeties. And so uh, Hamilton could be alongside of of Harrison Smith and also kind of picking his brain and 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 educating himself uh, on the, the finer points of playing safety in the NFL, of which few people know better than Harrison Smith. And then when it is time for Smith to move on, uh, then you have a guy who is hopefully by then ready to assume a more of a leadership role on the defense and kind of carry 
this defense into the the next phase uh, of its existence. This, you know, Harrison Smith has been the one of the defining characteristics of the Vikings defense for the better part of a decade. And, um, and, and, and eventually that will end. And so you being prepared for that rather than, you know, kind of he retires and, Oh, we got to go find a safety. Um, you know, it's a lot better if you, if you have that at least somewhat locked down. And so, um, I think that it would be very difficult for the Vikings to pass up if, if he is there, uh, and assuming that, maybe one or two of their other guys that they really like uh, just either aren't there or fall a little touch below what Kyle Hamilton represents for them. Thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. We recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is the easiest way to listen to our network or any individual shows. You can check out all the shows at TalkNorth.com. Outdoors, variety, tons of sports, best sports lineup in uh in Minnesota, I believe. Also, we have the Jeff Diamond Show for another view of the Vikings and the NFL, the former Vikings general manager. Uh, so thanks for listening. We do appreciate it. You know, Kuyper has the Vikings taking Stingley. He has Hamilton going right before to Washington. And he has Malik Willis going six, I believe, to the Panthers. And that is the highest I've seen Willis. But that jibes with what I've thought all along, which is the closer we get to the draft, the more somebody's going to be tempted by Willis and maybe to a lesser extent by Pickett. I know there was a time when people say, no, no quarterbacks can go in the first round. I never believed that. I believe Willis could go in the top 10. I believe Pickett could go in the top 20. Yeah, I, I think so, Jim. Like you, you know, like you said, teams always in their, in their evaluations and their examinations, they really do kind of talk themselves into quarterbacks at the closer that we get to the draft. I mean, Baker Mayfield was not the number one overall pick, um, you know, even a couple of weeks before uh, he went and you, you just like, but the, the position is so important. And there is, if you don't have a quarterback, you, you just, you have this yearning for it. You, you know, you need to address it. And so it can be very, very difficult to, um, you know, to not kind of to to look at things clearly, I guess. And I'm not even saying maybe Malik Willis is the next great quarterback. Maybe Kenny Pickett is. I don't know. Um, but I, I just always believed that the the kind of the 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 forecasts of you know not a quarterback either not in the first round or maybe not until the 20s. It just never happens because it is so important, and because so many teams will talk themselves into you know, hey, Malik Willis's mobility and his arm strength. Hey, Kenny Pickett's, you know, uh, game management, whatever it is, like all of those things are going to say, okay, we need this too badly to not to not take a swing at it. And I think the Panthers especially are absolutely in that category. We know that their owner really, really wants a franchise quarterback. Uh, that's, that is like number one on his list. He's been pretty adamant about that publicly and privately and in terms of them looking at other quarterbacks in terms of them uh you know trying to trade for people and then <clears throat> and then now going into the draft and so I would be surprised if they don't pick one frankly at number six whether it's Pickett or Willis I, I would imagine it would be Willis but I, I've seen other mock drafts with Pickett put there as well um but 
yeah, at the end of the day, like I, I would be real surprised if Willis is on the board at number 12 for the Vikings to really consider. Although that would be a very fun exercise to think about with him sitting right there. And let's get more into that. First, though, we do want to thank Star Bank. Big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about Star Bank. Star Bank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at Star Bank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be, a throwback to the good days. Mobile app, check. Convenient services, you got it. Check out Star Bank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares. Starbank.net, member FDIC and equal housing lender. Uh, so, And thanks also to Aquarius Home Services. Aquarius Home Services, great services, and they sponsor a number of shows across the TalkNorth.com platform. Hey, it's Russo over at the Worst Seats in the House podcast. Did you know that Aquarius Home Services is your one-stop shop for all your home service needs? That's right. Aquarius Home Services is your complete home service provider dedicated to providing the highest quality water treatment, plumbing, heating, cooling, and electrical services. They pride themselves on providing superior five-star quality service. They respect you, your time, and your home with attention to details that really make a difference. If you or anyone you know have questions or concerns about your water, heating and cooling, plumbing or electrical, Aquarius Home Services is here to help. Visit AquariusHomeServices.com for more details. And don't forget to mention Russo sent you. And that, you know, that's the follow-up question is if, if that is incorrect, if Kuiper and other mock drafters are incorrect and Willis slides to the Vikings, I, I think I already know the answer, but I'm going to ask it again. Do the Vikings take him? Well, here's what I'll say. First of all, before I say, yes, um, they should take him. Uh, I wanted Johnny Menzel like I did, like I thought, you know, I, so so this is for all of the fans out there um, and, and, and saying uh, I, I am not by no means an expert on evaluation of these quarterbacks and what their abilities are and what their 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 future is and all of those things. Um, so I was I was big into it. I was like, let's go get Johnny in here and he's going to be great and it's going to be super fun to watch and all that. And look what happened. So. That said, as far as I know, there does not seem to be the same character concerns about Malik Willis that there were about Johnny Menzel. Um, he does not seem to have that same uh, swashbuckling demeanor, uh, maybe, and certainly the same, you know, whatever you want to call it, substance abuse things, just, uh, you know, all sorts of attitude things as on top of that that made that pick just flame out the way that it did. Um, Malik Willis seems to have a great head on his shoulders, seems to have a really good way about himself, good leader, all of those things. And on top of that, a cannon for an arm, you know, uh, a, a great mobility. He may have some things to learn in terms of like coming from Liberty to the NFL where he may not be ready to play right away. Guess what? He doesn't need to play right away. The Kirk Cousins is here. And so I just think that if you decide, if the Vikings have made an evaluation that he can be a high caliber starting quarterback for a long time in this league, I think that you have to take him. Um, you know, it's just too important a position. It's just way too important. And yes, you have cousins theoretically for the next two years, but you need a long-term answer. And if, if you think Malik Willis can, you know, turn into that Aaron Rodgers type, sit behind cousins for a year or two and then play and be an, be an incredible play at an, an incredibly high level. 
I just don't think you can pass it up because that has been one of the major things that has held this franchise back for a long, long time. Whenever they've had super high quality quarterback play, they've been to the NFC title game. Uh, you know, Brett Favre, Randall Cunningham for the one year, even case Keenum was playing really, really well for that one year. They went to the NFC title game. Like any other time it's, it's really hard to point to and say, um, you know, Dante Culpepper as well. Um, it, it, it's really hard to point to, uh, a, a situation where they've had solid quarterback play and have really gone deep. Um, I'm talking in the modern era in the last 25 mm-hmm. years. And so I just think that if you, if this is, if you think he can be special, you have to take him right now and just get him in, develop him and get him ready to go in a couple of years. And, and the reality here, all draft talk is people, it's it's layers of people with a certain amount of knowledge or historical perspective critiquing people who have tons of information and yet who still might make the wrong decision. I mean, there, there's so many ways for everybody involved in the process to get something wrong. And let's be honest, Johnny Manziel was a fascinating, dynamic player mm-hmm. in college. And we just didn't know. I mean, anybody who liked him coming out of the draft at that point didn't know just how messed up his his life was and how messed up he was and if you knew those things of course you wouldn't uh say okay let's take this guy in the first round he the man had a lot of problems and i don't think anybody in the media really knew the extent of those problems at the time he was eligible for the draft yeah no that's right and it's i mean that's the thing that you you just can't know for maybe malik willis does have some of those things maybe kenny pickett does have some of those things that those are usually you know kept behind the scenes i think with manzel though you could tell yeah. Look, this guy's a live wire, you know, right. like, and I liked it. Like, I liked the attitude. I thought it was really, really good about, um, you know, I thought I just I thought he had sort of a showmanship to him, you know, um, that, you know, maybe he was a little Jim McManish, you know, something like that and and could really galvanize and um, and, and 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 really just kind of take the whole league by storm. I thought his attitude about it was everything. Um, so, but you, but you're right. Like you just, you, you can't really know the real behind the scenes stuff. Cause obviously A&M did a really good job of hiding that, which is what they're supposed to do. And, and so um, yeah, in that respect um, there, there were just, there's a lot of unknowns and same with this. There's a lot of unknowns in all of these evaluations, but I just try to look at it from, the potential upside and uh, the importance of the position. And, and so uh, that's what kind of guides my decision-making or my evaluation, my analysis of what they should and shouldn't do. And just with quarterback being so, so, so important and their fairly long-term future at that position, really uncertain, despite Kirk Cousins saying he wants to retire here. uh, I just think that, that's the, the it, it, whenever you have a chance to get a franchise quarterback, no matter what you have, whether it's first round, whether you think this guy in the third round is going to be it or whoever it is, you got to take that swing because um, there, there's too many benefits to have happen um, for you to if you if you hit on that pick, it's much higher variance than, you know, even like you take Hamilton at safety, that, that'd be great. But um, you know, you take Stingley or whoever, and they could be really, really good players. But if if you land a franchise quarterback, that's a franchise changing acquisition, uh, much more so than any other position on the field. 
And while we don't know, we don't know about Malik Willis so far, the reports have been high character. Uh, and the concerns mm-hmm. have been just, you know, didn't play at a high level uh, of college football. Isn't probably isn't ready for an NFL passing system. But that's that's the thing is that if if your internal grades on him are high, and if you believe in his character, you take somebody with that athletic ability and you put him behind Cousins for a year or two, uh, between behind and working with coaches who believe they can get the best out of a quarterback and seem really, you know, like good people to work with on a daily basis. I mean, man, that that would be the ideal quarterback future for this franchise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and and like I, in in some ways, Kirk Cousins represents a luxury for them right now in that regard, where you can bring a quarterback in and just let them develop, let them see the game, let them you know play some in the preseason, let them get a a couple of snaps here or there in practice and learn all of the nuances because playing quarterback in the NFL is so much different than playing it in college these days. And so like a lot of times throwing these guys into the fire right away is unfair and probably sets them up for failure. You'll have the successes that, that come in and play right away as, as rookies and then excel maybe in their second year. I mean, Joe Burrow is, one of those guys, but I think that the way to give a young quarterback the best chance to be successful is to let him watch, let him absorb, let him kind of get to know his teammates and, and build rapport and relationship that way. Let him, um, you know, look at the reads and understand and, and do things very slowly and then pick it up as you go along like that's the way to put someone in position to really maximize their talent. I mean, you know, with some of these guys, you know, whether it's um, David Jones with the Giants or, you know, a, a, there's a million guys out there where, yeah, they were probably not, they're not the greatest quarterbacks ever, but they were also thrust into really difficult situations to play right away. And that can mess with your head, can mess with your body if you're taking a beating, all of those things. And so this would be a way to build a cocoon around that quarterback and let him just find himself a little bit and 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 really kind of get ingrained with the team so that whether it was a year from now, whether it's two years from now, whenever you hand the reins to that guy, he's entrenched. Like he, he has great understanding of the position. He has a great feel for his teammates. His teammates know him and, and they can build that up and all that confidence. And then you can go into it and it's a lot easier to hit the ground running that way than if you were to, um, you know, if, if you were to just throw him into the fire and he's throwing four interceptions a week and you just say, Hey, that's it. That's just being a young quarterback in this league. You got to deal with it. No doubt about it. Uh, let's get to one more topic here today. Thanks again to our producer, Brandon Morton. Thanks to Star Bank and Aquarius Home Services. Thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. Oh, what did you make of Cousin saying he wants to retire here? Just Is that uh, just the most genuine thing you could possibly say, or is it just the thing athletes say to appease the local fan base? You, you know, I, I believe him in this, Jim. Like, there are a lot of guys who will say stuff like that, and you know, like, ah, you know, he's just saying what he thinks he needs to say. Um, what the, the fa- he wants the fans to hear all that. Like, I believe the way that Kirk Cousins sees the world, he believes that he's doing a really great job that, um, that he has kind of weathered, 
uh, some some turmoil with offensive coordinator turnover with a head coach that was you know kind of losing his grip toward the end with uh, uh, an offensive line that has not been very good and he's put up great numbers individual numbers and he's done his job like I believe that I, I, I and and we can obviously disagree with some of the points there but just in in the way that Kirk Cousins sees it he thinks he's doing really well and I do think that he likes living in Minnesota with his family and so he wants to stay and he wants to do that. I, th- I, I think he's genuine with that. Um, you, you know, there will be a lot of uh, arguments that the way that he interprets the world, the way that he perceives things and especially his place in it is uh, off the mark or unfounded. Uh, but Kirk has this sort of tunnel vision type of a thing that maybe it's helped him be this successful and, and and make all this money and 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 do do things in this league. But I I think that he has a lot of that to him, and so he's not really feeling kind of the angst from the outside world as much as as someone else might. And so um, when he said that, I thought, yeah, that does not surprise me that he would say that, and that he thinks that he can be the guy who does play here for another five or six or seven years or whatever it is. And, and, um, and ends up, you know, retiring here. And then he probably thinks that eventually he'll have his name in the ring of honor and all that stuff. I just, uh, you know, this is recency bias. I admit it. And it's, uh, it's bias bias, but (laughs) if he had said it in July or August, even September, June, maybe say, how can he say he wants to just retire here when it's snowing in mid-April, I, I just <laughs> I just question the sincerity. You know that it, that's a great point. Well, I mean, you know, I think we've all kind of looked at Kirk over the last couple of years and wondered about some of the decision making, about some of the the you know his view on the world and all that. Um, and maybe that is the biggest indictment uh, of things. Is like, Kirk, it's snowing here. What are you doing? Go to go to Florida, go to Arizona. You know, what are you talking about here? But Hey, some of us just stay here for the long haul in spite of it, because we're stubborn and, um, and, and, and maybe just, uh, we're a little clueless and maybe Kirk cousins is now really officially one of us. Uh, well, let's see. I've been here for 32 plus years now. I guess I am I have joined the ranks of the stubborn and the clueless, and I think that might be a Talk North uh, t-shirt coming your way. The stubborn and the clueless. (laughs) The stubborn and the clueless. That fits perfectly. Let's do it. It definitely fits me. (laughs) 